0: The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. The Stanley Cup final has begun. Uh, There are stories out of... Well, there are stories uh, that are probably better described as hagiography about the Pittsburgh Penguins uh we put together a couple of trades this uh this week uh, uh trade ideas to help uh reshape some of the teams that need an earth-shattering kaboom um although clearly not as much as the article that uh, we just finished reading um that that was a thing
1: <laughs> that was a thing okay good
0: to know. Yeah, it was definitely a thing. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the world, going to talk about some UFAs, we're going to talk about people, um, and whatever else crosses our little minds this morning. Oh, where yeah. do? Uh, oh, we're obviously going to talk about the cup final, um, some of the players, and make our own predictions. Where or where do you want to start?
1: Well, well. We didn't spend a whole lot of time on it, and now the tournament is over. So, as much as cup final is prevalent, um, it's not going anywhere. But the turn, the IHF tourney is over. So let's briefly touch on that. So, US after going like nine and zero. I was going to say when 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 I when we first talked about it, the tournament had already started, and I remember giving you. St- and there were only two teams that were. At the time, undefeated. One of them being the United States at five zero and zero and zero, because they do wins, losses,
0: right, overtime and they-
1: losses, and whatever, and regular losses. So they were the they were one of only two teams. The other one being, I think it was the Swiss or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it was it just read like okay, United States is on track. They're gonna. And then to turn around and have them go through round-robin play and get into the, the, get into the the, the, the elimination games and the, and the quarters and and then they didn't even get to the gold medal.
0: They didn't even medal at all. Like, they lost They lost their last two games.
1: Of all the times to go into a slight losing streak, that's probably not the best time to do it.
0: I mean, is this a case of, you know, the best uh, as they as they say in the world of like show uh, show business, a bad dress rehearsal is the best sign of a good show. And the reverse being true, because it seems like a lot of teams, they get that early momentum and it just evaporates when it's. Showtime.
1: There was some... I, I, I honestly don't know what the answer to that question is because watching uh, watching some of the games, and I didn't see a lot, but I watched a few, and they looked like they they had their, their heads on straight. They knew what they were doing. But you watch some of these other teams that were uh, just... I, I mean, I didn't expect Switzerland. Obviously, Finland was expected to... To really Well. And when you looked at their roster, oh my goodness, the number of NHLers that were on that team.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the U.S. roster wasn't as deep in
1: NHLers, and certainly there was no one who you would call a superstar. No, I think that I think that I think their number one, I think the number one player on the team at the end of the tournament was Cutter Gauthier.
0: And, And when you're relying on Casey DeSmith to be your backstop, that that might be an issue as well. Because he's – I'm willing to bet there's a book on him. Just a hunch.
1: Mm. Having played in the NHL, there probably is something. I'm surprised that they didn't have a Devin Levy over there or uh, – although Devin Levy I believe is Canadian, so maybe that's why he wasn't over there. I'm trying to remember. Or anyone from one of the better colleges. Pick Pick one in the Northeast. Pick one in the Northeast.
0: That's where they all seem to come from. Or pick a Minnesota school, or uh, or a
1: Colorado school, and yeah, I mean. But for them to not, but for them to not meddle at all, just uh, that's a complete collapse, and somebody needs to be looking over the USA the USA hockey program and figuring out what's going on I don't know if it's a coaching issue or a players I don't know uh, it, it, not responding I mean I was watching
0: the game I watched a couple of the early games and watched the late games in the tournament and In some cases, I mean, I just have to you just have to hand it to both Latvia and Germany. Latvia took uh, us to overtime early in the tournament. They say that when you know you have those tight games, that the pre, the team that loses learns more. If that's true, okay, we know what happened. Um, Germany gave them a rough ride as well. Um, I I I have to wonder if the if the US just didn't peak too early.
1: I mean, I'm i I'm looking at the Latvian I'm looking at the Latvian roster, roster. and there's like and one there's, NHL player and a couple of prospects. No, there's there's uh, there's three. Uh, or, or I should say, maybe maybe one of them is former, actually. I don't think this guy actually plays in the NHL anymore. But he did. Casper's dog events.
0: He not uh, played in
1: the NHL in like five or six years. Rudolph Rudolphs Balsers is in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Although he's listed as Syracuse Crunch at the moment. I don't think they list their NHL affiliates. I, I, I don't know quite how that works. Because a lot of these players have... And then the goaltender, <clears throat> Artur Silovs, who was actually goaltending, I want to say, for Ottawa.
0: Actually, it's been 10 years since he played in the NHL. And oh, that was There you go. Uh, that was the 12-13 season, 19 games with Ottawa, six games with Boston. Um, and then he's been the Swiss A, the KHL, the Swiss A, and then the uh, the Dutch League. Um, no, I'm sorry, the German League.
1: And then, obviously, Denzlach Malis is a Bruins prospect.
0: Denzlach like Malis is a Bruins prospect who I absolutely loved seeing at camp last year. Um, we talked about him a lot at the time. Um, did not have like a super productive uh, offensive tournament. Okay. But, Um, he was defensively in the right place a lot of the time. Um, I noticed him two or three times in the regular rounds and in the, uh, metal rounds. I'm
1: willing to accept that if a player knows how to be in the right place defensively, that's always a good thing.
0: I mean, he had three goals in six games. That's not superstar level. It's also not terrible. Um,
1: Uh, obviously,
0: some guy named Bedard had nine goals to lead the tournament, and then uh, Yuri Kulich and Logan Cooley had seven, as did Dylan Gunther. Uh, Gunther. But a lot of guys did score less goals than than Um I, I, I mean, for me, the big. Take away from the tournament, yeah, is Latvia and Germany. Like, no one has talked about Latvia being a useful hockey nation in quite some time. This is their first world's medal in any sport ever, and the sheer exuberance of watching their fans was honestly awesome. Like, it was really fun to watch. Um, We've talked about Germany a few, uh, several times over the last uh, five, six years. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, they had Sturm, Marco Sturm, running their program for a little while. Um, I forgot the current coach's name, but he's...
1: Oh, Helen Kreis.
0: Kreis, his press conferences make me think that he'd be pretty interesting uh, in the in the NHL. Um, wouldn't mind seeing someone uh, take a leap and bring him over as a assistant uh, coach for a year or two to get him to lay a land, and then uh, then turn him lo- get him turned loose on a actual head coaching position if he's still interested.
1: Press conference gold. I'm to- I, I I remember. This, and he he he's another one who doesn't mind speaking his mind, uh, sort of in the mold of of a of a Tortorella or a Paul Maurice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This, this guy, he's up there, and they're asking him questions about a loss. He's like, "What do you want me to say? <laughs> we got our ass kicked."
0: <laughs> and it. it it's, oh no,
1: we want to we want to go. We we tried to go out there and kick their ass or something like that. I mean, it's just like. Very to the point. He didn't try to parse words.
0: Very down to earth, very direct. It was it was refreshing.
1: And it but didn't it, feel
0: rehearsed like
1: so many coaches. But you look at their roster and again there's a couple of you know, they got Moritz Sider. Okay. Most people know Moritz Cider, Detroit Red Wings, uh, JJ Paterka, They've got oh wait. Another Sturm, no relation. They got Nico Sturm. No relation. no relation. Nico Sturm's on the team. Uh, there's also a guy by the name of Kai Wisman, who I believe is attached to the Bruins. Oh, look, it even says Providence Bruins right next to his name. Big, big defenseman, memory says. Uh, 6'3", 194. So he's got decent size. Uh, again, but not not a roster that's... NHL laden, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I missed Dominic Cahoon. My apologies, Dominic. But uh, for the way they went out and played, it was, they they were, they were a tough out. Committed.
0: Like and that's, that's the big thing in these two rosters. They were committed to winning.
1: And I'm just wondering if that's something that. The United States team lost. I I don't I mean, know. They started I mean, They started out first game out of the gate, first game of the tournament, out of the gate, you're up against Finland and you beat them four to one and then you end up not meddling. Something doesn't, you know, there's something you know something's wrong in the state of Denmark tonight <laughs>
0: i i'm not going to argue because i thought that the 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 usa's final two games were just
1: flat both of them overtime losses
0: it's like I, maybe it's a conditioning issue and with the short turnaround for some of the players between the end of the regular season and the tournament, that they're just not in condition to push harder, because um, a lot of the players on the USA roster were not particularly young.
1: A lot of them. Um.
0: Well, some of the key players, anyways, were not. Uh, or the players, players who were supposed to be key players, anyways.
1: Uh, Casey Dismith, Henry Thrun, NHLer, uh, Connor Mackey, NHL, uh, Luke Tuck. They got him listed Boston University, but I'm pretty sure he's with Buffalo now. Uh, Dylan Sandberg. There's a lot of NHL on the U.S. team. A lot.
0: There's a lot of NHL prospects, or but I wouldn't. I just wasn't. I wasn't impressed by the U.S. roster. Like when I got to, when I looked at their, when I heard about, when I heard their record and went to look at their roster, I'm like, I'm expecting, at Murderer's Row, and you have Casey to Smith.
1: Just Iconina. an odd, just an odd choice in goaltending.
0: Anders Bjork is on the team, and we both know I like Anders, uh, but. Matt Coronado.
1: Matt Coronado's good player. Uh,
0: Cal Peterson,
1: who can't seem to hold on to an NHL goal. Cal, Cal Peterson. Cal Peterson's great in the backup role. He's been with he's been with L.A. his whole career, uh, coming out of Notre Dame he's been great in the backup role but every time they move him in they they make him the number 1 i don't know he has a some kind of something goes off in his head and he suddenly has issues and his numbers skyrocket when they shouldn't be the talent is there i think it i think there's a mental block
0: Rocco Grimaldi
1: yeah i can't explain that one <laughs>
0: i mean there's just no one who i would look at at and say okay this is who I'm building my tournament around this is going to be the this is my ace at forward i mean well, grimaldi hasn't work. even played in the in the in the nhl since the 22 122 season and despite being drafted way back in 2011 he still
1: only played 203 nhl games There is, yeah, there, There's, you are correct. There isn't that one person that you expect to be the, the goal-scoring threat. They have a lot of guys who are capable of putting the puck in the net, but there isn't one in particular that I would point to and say, that's the guy you're going to have to look out for. Just scrolling through the list, there really isn't. And I like some no. of the guys that are on the team. I mean, Tyler Clevin, uh, who played in Minnesota and is now with Ottawa. I mean, I like Tyler Clevin. He's a really good defenseman. But I like Alex Tuck, but he's not. A, he played with Vegas and now he's in Buffalo. He can score, but I'm not going to point to him and say, when we need a when we need a goal, who's the guy that's going to be on the ice to score that goal?
0: For that matter, have... who are you looking at at building your defense around on this roster?
1: Uh, that's yes, exactly. They're all they're all like, like Nick Perbix was second third line defenseman with Tampa Bay. There really, yeah, there really isn't that. Dylan Sandberg, he's not a, he's not playing top line defense in in Winnipeg. There really isn't. Um, Henry Thrun with San Jose. I think they're all second and third line D-men. There is no top line.
0: And that's the issue. There's no one to point at and say, these guys guys have a standard I don't want to live. I don't want to fail to live up to. And these guys can go out and turn the game and we only have to hold the door open. Yeah. Uh, That's it. Like that's what it comes down to.
1: So you say congrats to Canada for winning gold. Oh, I hate saying that.
0: Uh, I'd rather (laughs) say congrats to Germany and Latvia for meddling.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Because I, I genuinely think that having more countries into hockey just builds the sport and maybe sometime seven or eight years from now, there's a NHL division
1: that's built in Europe. Well, they had, they had 16 teams. They had 16 teams in this tourney. I mean, obviously Finland, Sweden, USA, Canada, Germany, Latvia, but you got Denmark, Austria, Hungary, Czechia, Kazakhstan. Norway, Slovakia, Slovenia, Latvia, Switzerland. I mean, you had a good select. You had a good selections, not the right word. Good mix of, of countries. We need more. I think if you're going to make it a true world championship, you need to have more.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the only Division One. Um, it's not like there's every every country uh, uh, automatically makes Division One. It's not. Oh, okay. Um, oh. Fair enough. Uh, sorry, was just reminded of something on Twitter that makes me want to... Um, yeah, <laughs> vomit. But uh, putting a wrap on the tournament, Milan Lucic played there, added another gold to his uh, resume. Do you think he? Uh, do you think he makes it back into the NHL this year?
1: Another year older. I hate to say it. Yet another another year slower. But there is there always. I think there might always be room for physical. He's. I don't know. It, it depends on what kind of money we're talking here. If he's willing to take two and a half, or you know, if he's expecting six, no, he's what nineteen? He's he's an eighty-eight baby. He's about to turn. He 35 will turn
0: thirty-five
1: in um, three days. Wednesday. Yes, in three days. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Milan! At thirty-five, if he's willing to take like. Two, two and a half for another year or two years or something, maybe. Because he can still be physical. He can still move bodies. You're just not getting Milan from 2010, 2011. No. He's, You're just
0: he's, not going to get not, that performance out of him. He hasn't broken.
1: I just, I, I don't know. It, last twenty-goal
0: season was in the sixteen-seventeen year.
1: Um, he wants to play. I know. I, I mean,
0: he's. It would be his preference to die with the skates on.
1: Oh, most likely, yeah. Um, 30 I mean, a, I wouldn't mind seeing him. I wouldn't mind seeing him for another year or two. I just don't don't have high expectations. uh Point wise,
0: because yeah, at two to two, at two and a half, maybe even two and three quarter, if he can net you twenty points playing a late, a low, like a third line, fourth line role, worth it yeah if you're paying him three and a half four and a half million you're generating your much. own resume in my very humble opinion
1: you're paying your you're paying too much yeah okay
0: um if you're signing him more than two years, I think you're generating your own resume <laughs>
1: yeah i don't I don't expect that he's getting more than a two year deal and at this point it's probably gonna be year to year I hate to say it
0: but I mean, he's got a lot of miles on that body too. 1299 penalty minutes.
1: I was going to say it's a lot of hard miles,
0: 1299 penalty minutes to go with 1173 games. He may be the, he may be the only guy in the NHL left who's played well over a thousand games and has more penalty minutes than games played. Cause
1: I, I don't think you're going to see that much anymore. I mean,
0: Perry might, might be there.
1: I don't think you're going to see it that much anymore where guys have more penalty minutes than they're just, I mean, with,
0: no, it's, with
1: the NHL's trying to get rid of fighting and they just aren't guys that drop the gloves as readily as they used to.
0: Yeah. Corey Perry has 1380 penalty minutes and 1,257 games, <clears throat> just ridiculous. Yes. I mean, it's you, you're right. It's not going to be something we're ever going to see again, at least not unless they make a lot, a lot, a lot unless they undo a lot of things that have happened in the NHL in the last five years, or
1: 15 years, I should say. Well, you know, those those foolish over the boards two minute penalties could add up
0: yeah oh and the face-off violation ones where you uh, touch the puck with your hand that's absolutely egregious and I can't believe it was ever allowed ever
1: yeah that's terrible
0: and don't forget the uh, untucked uh, the the tucked jersey penalty
1: yes if your jersey is tucked in that's a no-no you cannot have it tucked in behind your pads. Uh, nope. That cannot happen. Oh, and if you challenge something and get it wrong, you get a penalty.
0: You,
1: you oh, punch- also,
0: you're, also, as coaches and players, you're supposed to be in complete control of the fans. Uh, so you have to prevent them from throwing stuff on the ice.
1: If you throw if you continue to throw stuff on the ice your team will be penalized with a bench minor. What? <laughs> oh, and on that note, we should why talk about we, the
0: Why don't we take a look at the tra- at our uh, trade options, our trade ideas, I guess. Okay. Do you want me to start? Uh, sure. Okay. So, my trade is pretty straightforward, and it gets the two things I think that the Boston Bruins need most draft picks and cap space.
1: No, it doesn't get us a new GM. I said that
0: a I I did, I have not figured out a way to trade for that using um using cap friendly, but if any if any of our listeners do figure that out, let me know. So, pretty straightforward that it's not a three-team trade. There's not six minor prospects and uh, and a bunch of stuff going back and forth. Um coming to Boston out of out of Arizona. Uh, Toronto's second round pick in 2025. Montreal's second round pick in 2024. Arizona's first round pick in 2024. And Clayton Keller. Going to Arizona, David Pasternak and Charlie McAvoy, which gets the Boston Bruins. 18 and a half million dollars of cap space. You have just completely violated
1: every Bruins fan.
0: (laughs) 18 and a half million dollars of cap space. It doesn't matter. There's a good chance of re-signing Orlog and or um,
1: as much as I want to sign Tyler Um Still, you have just violated every Bruins fan. It doesn't matter that Knock can't. Contribute. Neither one of them can keep it together in the playoffs. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't matter though. I mean, not so much McAvoy. I think that if you came up with a really good trade that involved McAvoy, I think the Bruins fans would forgive you. I think it's the pasta part that that they're never gonna. He's just too ingrained. I I can envision I can envision this. And all and those, I mean, you're only getting one first and two seconds, and the first is next year.
0: But you're getting eighteen and a half million dollars to sign. You can potentially sign three six million dollar players with that.
1: Of which Bertuzzi is about a six five to six. Bertuzzi is in the, in the five to six million dollar range. Yeah.
0: Their, I mean, their cap, the Bruins cap crunch is real, like really, really, really. Not like there's, there's no two ways about it. As of right now, they're scheduled. Okay. As of right now, they have 15 players signed for next season and under $5 million to get up to a 22, 23 man roster. That math doesn't work. It's not possible. An earth-shattering kaboom is necessary and this I think is something that I think that I actually think this trade is just barely doable because I think if you call Arizona up and say, "I need to make this trade or let's make this trade." I think there's a good chance they bite because they still have they still have three other second round picks next year and the year after. They have two first round picks this year. So, you know, if they don't have one right away or at the start of the season next year for next year, they're going to be okay. Uh that being Arizona. And adding that sort of star power will make it easier for them to secure an arena deal.
1: But you're trying to sell it to a fan base. You're trying to sell it to a fan base that is. Uh, they have blinders on when it comes to Pasta. They don't see that. Oh, they you're,
0: don't, they don't if you're see saying, if you're trying to sell it to Boston that's that's just going to be a bitter pill to swallow. People are going to be upset. They're going to throw tantrums. But yes. there's not much you can do about that. You you literally have to make moves that are going to make people unhappy. There's there's literally no way to do it to field a team this fall without making at least at least a move of this magnitude. I mean, you could attempt to move five or six players with smaller contracts and you may end up having to move additional players. But is it really going to get you the space to do anything useful? Um there's not that many free agents who are going to be who are going to be available. Like I mean, if you're just looking at UFAs there's no the one available who's going to put you back into the playoffs with 5 million and as many uh and as many uh players as the as the Boston Bruins need. Even if you were somehow to do it with all entry level contracts you you just you can't get from You can't get from 15 players to 21 or 22 or 23 players with less than 5 million. The math doesn't work. Um, And of the players who, who of the UFAs right now who played in the league last year, the best goal scorers were three guys with 27 goals. Jason Zucker is the youngest of them. He's really well-liked in Pittsburgh. He made $5.5 or he had a cap hit of $5.5 million. Okay. Left-wing, right-wing, according to our good buddies at Cap Friendly. Alex Killorn is the second youngest. 27, 37, 64. He, had, he made four and a half. Um or had a cap pit of just under four and a half. That's effectively everything that the Bruins have for space. And the third guy, who's a UFA, uh, tied for that top number of goals, is Patrice Bergeron, who's gonna be 38 in a couple of weeks, He's gonna have his fourth kid in a couple of weeks.
1: Uh yes. Fourth child.
0: Um you got him for two and a half plus a bunch of bonuses this year. If he's willing to come back for it's you're probably going you're probably going to be better off paying him a flat three and a half million, four million, and calling it a day. Versus having that variable element because you know he's you know he's going to play if something's not falling off. And even if it is falling off. If he can make it out onto the ice, he's going to look the coach in the eye and say, I'm playing.
1: Yes. This is true.
0: Um, you're looking at, at, I mean, in terms of total goals, um, other guys who are going to be available, Michael Bunting. I don't see Toreno being able to resign him, but he's young, or younger than this group. He's 27. Um, he might, and he probably will end up being cheaper because he's, I mean, his last cap hit was nine, uh, was under a million. So maybe you can get him for three and a half, four, sign him for a seven year deal. But Patrick Kane, who just had hip surgery and didn't look all that good in the playoffs. Uh I don't I don't know that you're gonna want to count on him or he's going to want to come to Boston. Zach Parisi, 38 years old, um, was the sixth highest goal scoring UFA um this offseason. I I just don't want him. I would consider Max Domi. He had uh he finished off at point seven points per game. Um, and he looked good in the playoffs for for Dallas. Andrei Staffanescu also 28 uh, as is Domi. Um another 20 uh, another 20 goal scorer but only half a point per game. And then you then you're ringing out the bar rag. I mean Tarasenko only scored 18 goals this year. Um and he's 31.
1: There's there's just not much there. I'm not. Dis- I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just. I'm looking at it from the fan side. It, Don Sweeney likes his job.
0: Don Sweeney likes his job, but his job is to field a team that's going to be competitive.
1: He can't. Yes.
0: But you if also he could have to pull off this trade.
1: You have to put butts in the seats to pay for those salaries, and Pasternak puts butts in the seats. Yes, McAvoy, like him, don't like him. I'm sort of I lean toward the latter. Puts butts in the seats. You're trading away two fan favorites, and you're bringing back a bunch of draft picks and Clayton Keller, who could turn out to be very fruitful here in Boston. I I I think we've talked about we've talked about him. We've talked about him coming to Boston before, but you're. It's like asking – it's like trading for that – the guy you bring in traded for a fan favorite is never going to live up to what the fan favorite did, even if the fan favorite was somewhat of a failure in the playoffs. I I don't disagree with you. All that being said, I can live with the deal. I'm not against the deal. I'm just I'm trying to play devil's advocate here.
0: And you've done a great job.
1: <laughs> Cuz my deal is eh. However, my deal was not approved by the cap-friendly trade machine because it puts one of the teams in the lower limit as we discussed pre pre pre-show. Yeah,
0: mine wasn't approved because both teams don't have three goaltenders signed right now, about which I'm not particularly worried.
1: Okay. Well, I, I've i got two teams here, and I'm not quite sure, honestly. I know that one of the teams is on our list of, of the five teams that needed a earth-shattering kaboom. The other yep. one, well they probably already are going through the earth-shattering kaboom and this might actually fix well it might actually fix the wrong team and not the team that was on the list but it's still a trade that I kind of like so <clears throat> well Anaheim who if you remember correctly when we were having our Connor Batard trade discussions a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um, and I didn't like your offer of Certain play, I forget who it was, uh, wanted to trade Connor Bedard for uh, Zgris and somebody else, and I said um, unless you included Drysdale, I wasn't going to take it. But Anaheim, having the number two pick, is going to deal that pick. They're going to move out of the number two slot, and they're going to give it to and they're going to give it to of all teams. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto, who has one pick right now in the first round, and it isn't even theirs. It's Boston's through way of Washington. So it's the number 28 pick. So they're significantly improving their their, their stock profile here, their, their, their trade stock here. Um, but they're going to get the number two pick, and it's only going to cost them that number 28 pick, Um, a gentleman by the name of Topi Nimala. Topi Nimala, for those who don't know, is a right-handed defenseman. Um, He is also the top prospect in the Toronto organization. He is, uh, I believe, he was listed at like 5'11". Not a huge guy, but rather... Good defenseman. Uh, they're also going to give up Mitchell Marner and potentially Joseph Wall, but I ha- I kind of threw him in as a last minute thing because I'm not quite sure what's going on with 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 with, with Mr. Gibson um, at 29 years old and he's been abused quite a bit. But see, Toronto needs money to re-sign Austin Matthews. And he's already at 11 uh, – what was that number again? Something ridiculous. Oh, yes, $11,640,000. Um, they're going to need money to sign Austin. They got John Tavares still making $11 million. You got William Nylander still making $7 million. Um, and they've got a boatload of UFAs. Uh, that would be a, at count – Ten total: seven forwards, three defensemen. They need money. Mitch I mean, Marner. Mitch Marner makes money, so they're they going to need some, They're going to they, need that. They're in better shape than Boston next year. They are. I mean, but, they're still but, in walking shape. But. And whether you throw a Wall in or not, Wall only makes like eight, seven, eight hundred thousand. So I, I just wanted another name to make it look a little bit more crazy as far as the trade was going to, but Anaheim giving up the number two pick Toronto gets a chance to do what they always do, which is pick like Edmonton. They got to get the top forward. They don't know how to pick, they don't know how to draft defensemen. Uh, So they can draft Adam Fantilli out of university of Michigan. Uh, But they are going to have to give up a defenseman, which since they don't know what to do with defensemen anyway, doesn't really hurt them. And Mitch Marner, who makes a lot of money, but you gotta give up something to get that number two pick. And since you're bringing in another forward, give up a forward slot. It, it's it sounds cra- It sounded crazier in my head the first time I said it. The more I oh, look I at think it,
0: you're crazy because. I'm not giving up
1: You're not giving all up of Mitch that Martin? just
0: for Adam Pendilly. I need more picks. Ah. And maybe another prospect or two.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not giving you Jamie Drysdale. I'm not giving you Trevor Zegers. I'm not giving you uh, – Who else am I not giving you? Let's see. Hmm. you could have I could give you a defenseman you'd never know what to do with them so could have Nathan Bull Bo- oh wait no he's a UFA trading him makes no sense they've got three they've got three defensemen signed and two of them are <laughs> are on entry levels <laughs> the other five defensemen are UFA 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 RFA arbitration eligible in Simon Benoit and a 10 to C in Jamie Drysdale, so can't give you any defensemen. All right, give you Erho Vaknin. He's inexpensive. <sighs> <laughs> um, I can't. I, I can't gut. Want- I can't gut a team that's already gutted. They're they're one of the worst teams in the NHL. It's like Chicago. You can't no, I, Chicago any further. No, I need Jacob Peralt
0: in this trade.
1: Which one, Peralt?
0: And Jacob Peralt has to come uh, with that first with that number two pick.
1: Oh, you want another forward? Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. Of course, it's Anna. It, it's Toronto.
0: Um.
1: You know what? I'm the kind of guy that likes to get things done. I'll I'll put in I will give you Jacob Peralt. Stop pushing them. And I Peralta. also need I no, I also need
0: Jacob. uh Pablo
1: Wait, if you can't pronounce his name, you can't have him.
0: In that case, there would only be like three general managers in the
1: league who have players. <laughs> I didn't say it was everybody's rule. I said it was my rule. <laughs> yep. And, and, and yet and yet, you want another. Four. Why am I not surprised?
0: No, Pavel Minty, uh, Minty Koulov is a defenseman.
1: Oh, OK. He's exempt from the 50-player contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the desire on him? Is he big? Six, He's two, not one huge. 6'2",
0: 194, 19-year-old left defenseman, 10th pick played, in the 2022
1: draft. Played for the but Ottawa had, 67. Yeah, you can't have
0: him. Ottawa 67s, he had nine assists in 11 games in their play, in their playoff run
1: but you can't have them
0: 34 points and 32 games in the regular season. No.
1: Nope.
0: Then the trades not happening.
1: It's still a better trade. Better
0: give than me two more draft picks,
1: two more draft picks. I'm not giving you two. I'll give you one
0: here. I need the round to, the two Boston seconds.
1: You can have one of them. I need the
0: two Boston seconds, or I need another first.
1: Can't have them. Can't have any firsts. I'm giving you this year's first as it is. Mm. You can have Boston second this year and... You can have Boston second this year and... You don't have anything to give me back, right? You have nothing in the second round. Wow. Wow, you guys have nothing for draft picks. You can have you can have this year's third. Now you have a now you have a pick in every round but 4 and 7. Okay, I want what i want then is the yeah uh what's you the can't list? keep you keep coming back with counter offers at some point you have to say yes or no <laughs> oh in that case or all right, without, all right give, i or i can pull a ron Hestol. that's a take it or leave it <laughs> without the uh
0: without what i asked for it's a no
1: Well then, you're gonna lose Austin Matthews because you can't pay him. I still have time to trade him. Really? I can trade
0: him straight up.
1: And who's gonna take that money? There's a lot of teams who will take him. And what are you him. gonna and what are you gonna get for that money? I'm There's giving you a the number two pick in the draft. Star power. I'm giving you I'm giving you Jacob Peral, who you asked for. I'll give you I'll give you Boston's second round pick this year since you don't have a second. I even offered you our third round pick this year. And I'm not asking for another pick back. No. No deal. So you get you get our first, our third, Boston's second. It gives you 3 picks in the first 3 rounds that you don't currently have. Oh, I'm sorry. You have Boston's 28th pick from Washington. So you'll be waiting till the end of the first round instead you can pick Somebody like a Fantilli, even if it's not who you go for, but you've got a player who's going to be more re- more NHL ready than if you pick at twenty eight. You can use the second round pick and the third round pick to stockpile the one spot, the one prospect that I'm asking for.
0: answer
1: still no. Wow. All right, Sheldon. I look forward to seeing your resume online on, on LinkedIn or, or Glassdoor or whatever you plan on using.
0: Ladders. Definitely ladders.
1: Never even heard of that one. That's sad. Either that or I'm just not up on the times. Three three picks and a prospect for a very expensive player who you can't pay.
0: We're already paying him.
1: Yeah, but you're going to have to decide between him and the other guy.
0: And if I'm sitting in that corner office, I, I am keeping longer and I'm finding a defenseman.
1: See, but you're not you. You're supposed to be Sheldon Keefe, who doesn't know how to use defensemen.
0: Sheldon Keefe is the coach, not the GM, which they don't have right
1: now. Oh, that's right. They haven't. Wait, no.
0: No, wait a minute. They did name someone. Um, I thought they got. Brad Tripli- I thought Trillibb. they got yeah, Brad, There's no way Brad doesn't ad- address the defense. You think? He might not address it right, but he, he he will address the defense.
1: Well, he came from where? Calgary, where he brought in Mackenzie Wiegar. He brought in Noah Hannipin. He might actually, you know what? He might actually fix their defense, at least to a point where it's serviceable. That's kind of scary. Now that you mention it, he could actually eek. That that could be scary. Yeah, that could be nerve-wracking for if he fixes their defense and they still have that that offensive output, that could actually be scary. And he might not actually trade Nimala because if he knows defense at all, and he seems to have some kind of idea, he he probably wouldn't trade Nimala either. But it was a thought. You you wanted you wanted earth-shattering kaboom fixes. Uh, there you go.
0: And we'll we'll put these uh, we'll tweet out what these two trades are. Um, and we'll let you weigh in on which trade you think is more workable um or something like that i'll put together the tweets later uh the stanley cup finals have
1: started they have last night
0: vegas uh came out and won uh the uh the uh rust versus rest bowl uh, or at least
1: game one of the series they raised they raised an interesting point in the post game Uh, and it kind of goes to what you were just saying about rust and whatnot because Florida had such a layoff
0: like 10 plus days yeah
1: Uh, but they came out and in the eyes of of in the eyes of, 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 of Bissonnette and I want to say Anson Carter was in on it as well, and even possibly L- uh, Lundquist. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, yeah, Henrik King Henry Lundquist. Um, they played really well in the first period, and then they got or get tired or, or start to look a little exa- uh, a little worn, exhausted. Yep. And, and the normal everyday average person would say, well, how does that happen? Because they've had all this time to rest up. You know, they had 10 days off. They rest, recuperate.
0: Ever been sick, folks?
1: You better have been for like five <laughs> days, 10 days. There you go. Thank you. And you also you can't replicate. And I've said this many times. You can't replicate game situations you can't replicate game speed in practice no matter how many times they get on the ice in those 10 days whether it was every day every other day whatever you can't match what happens on game day no. you can practice situations you can run sprints
0: and it's can, not even just the purely physical acts it's the emotional engagement you, you're never going to convince me that the players engage as well with an empty stadium with an empty building around them as they do when there's real opponents not the guys that they're going out for coffee or supper with after the game but real opponents real guys they just don't like and a crowd of mo-
1: of many thousands making all sorts of noise it just yes. and then to to add to that you're in Vegas basically, the beginning of the hockey game pre-show is a Vegas show the way they put it on. They bring out the the Golden Knight, and they've got the guys who are dressed as rates, look like they're the bad guys, and they're they're calling on their magic, and they've got the the dragon that, that that's on the ice. and and, they carted Michael Buffer into <laughs> they brought in Michael Buffer and he's doing the siren and he, you know, the the thousands in attendance and millions watching around the world. I mean, Vegas puts on a show. It's a hockey game. It's a it, it, you know, I went to a hockey game and a show broke out. No kidding. I, I some I've got to get out there and see a game there just to experience just to take in the whole experience. Because that, they put on a show and you want to talk about getting the crowd riled up. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't like flying that much because I don't well, I don't like airports and I don't really like playing. Well, I don't mind flying. It's just I don't like planes. And I know that doesn't make sense, but I. Um, If you You actually commit to going, I will go to Vegas with you, and we will take in a game.
1: I'm just hoping we can get tickets. I mean, when they first when that franchise started five six years ago, they sold out. They they sold out the season tickets in like 14 or 16 minutes or something crazy like that. They were concerned about whether the locals were going to like the team. They thought it was going to be all tourists going to the games. And then they they sold a good number of tourists. (laughs) I'm not saying they don't, but I'm just, they, they sold out the allotment of season tickets in like 16 minutes or something crazy like that. It was ridiculous. I,
0: I don't care about sellouts. I I care about actual attendance because most of those ticket sales happen by bots to resellers. And you know what? I, I can take Mm -hmm. or leave, ticket sales numbers, show me what the actual attendance is on any given night. And just give me a rating on the actual volume, uh, like audio contributions of the fans in any given night. And then I'll tell you how healthy a franchise is.
1: Well, according to Jack, according to Jackie Redmond last night, the, she has uh, colleagues in the, in, in the press that, uh, actually had eardrums blown out because the building gets so loud. I would hope she wouldn't fib about that, but um, I can I, imagine I've never that that heard building,
0: a member of the media fibbing
1: or exaggerating so Ever. Yeah. Ever. But when you get down when you get down to the game, yeah, it was it was a very entertaining game and as we talked pre-game there was fisticuffs, there was a lot of uh, a lot of hitting Um, Now they were talking
0: during one of the intermissions about the teams showing a lot of hate and I'm like not really Hate? This is just the two teams and the way that they play
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't think it's Yeah, it tries to
0: get under your skin.
1: That's and, their MO.
0: And uh Vegas lives in the crease. I'm willing to bet you that something like 60% of their goals this postseason happened with a player within 18 inches of the goaltender.
1: At least two of the goals last night were scored that way. Zach yep. White Cloud's goal was I mean, aside from being beautifully placed, it was literally an inch above. Bobrovsky's pads. I mean, it was a perfectly placed shot, but he was also being screened. Shea Theodore's goal. He was being screened. I mean, it, at least two of them. I know they scored five. One of them was an empty netter. So that one doesn't count. At least two of the other four were screenshots that Bobrovsky never saw. Yeah. That's just yeah. the way they play the game. They get somebody, and I'm whether it's I don't whether it's stone, and I don't know if it's stone that's always doing it. Chandler Stevenson does it. They've got a lot of guys who aren't afraid to go to the front of the net and and just take away the goalie's eyes. That's what they do. it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It was a like I said a hugely entertaining game and and the fact that. Aiden hill was throwing was was throwing bombs, kind of like Omar clearly kachuk is already working his magic like he did in Boston
0: <laughs> oh
1: absolutely he, like, i mean
0: i we we hear the statistics every year seventy something seventy three seventy six percent of teams that win the first round the first game of the Stanley Cup go on to uh win win the cup itself. Vegas won. What's your prediction?
1: Ah, uh, Vegas won the first game. Honestly, like it, don't like it because I'm, I'm not a fan of, 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 of Cassidy getting a Stanley cup there when he couldn't get the job done here. Um, but unfortunately I think Vegas is gonna take it. I think I think Florida wins one at home. They might even win. And it's not gonna go the full seven. It's either gonna be five or six. I just can't decide whether wow. Florida.
0: That's that's a statement. Florida going out in five games, I I have Florida winning. I think really? that Florida has more pushback, and I, I just – I can't see them failing
1: to respond to last night's game. They'll respond. I'm looking at it from a standpoint of Florida doesn't have – they, ha- they have Matthew Kachuk, don't get me wrong, but in my estimation, they don't have the offensive output that Vegas has. And Vegas can match defense, can match defenses with with Florida. I mean, you've got Alec Martinez, you've got Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore. I still love Zach Whitecloud. I, 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 I always have. Between him and Ethan Baer, I couldn't decide which one I wanted to come to Boston. Unfortunately, neither one of them made it there. Uh, they've got up front, you've got William Carlson, who's their, their – probably their perennial Selkie candidate. You've got Marsha so, who who put, put the puck in the net, Chandler Stevenson, uh, Mark Stone. Uh,
0: but they also uh, – I mean Florida also has uh, Carter Verhage, who has been great uh I barkov i think is primed to explode he's been solid but not a game changer yet um having had that little tiny injury a couple of days back um and i think that the ability of sam Reinhart and sam bennett to make it ju- make it this deep into the playoffs at over seven tenths of a point per game um, while they're doing all the other stuff that makes them valuable contributors, and you know, I, I you think mentioned, it's be Florida, and I think it's
1: it's either six or seven games. But I forgot that I forgot that Eichel kid. I didn't. I went through all that and I forgot to mention Eichel.
0: Oh yeah, I and think Eichel has been sensational this off season. Mm hmm. But I don't trust Cassidy not to. Um.
1: And then, to fill his pants when the pressure's on. <laughs> and then there's that one other important aspect of the game. The reason why we love Patrice Bergeron here in Boston, or one of the reasons why we love him. Um, they have that all important meeting uh, where they, you know, they drop the puck and uh, what is that called? Oh, face-offs. Yeah. Florida, not good. Vegas dominated the face-offs last night, and they have been dominating face. And I think that that's another un- unheralded aspect of the game that that needs that's going to come into play. And I think Vegas also has the ability to keep themselves out of the penalty box. And I think that power plays could could come into play as well. No pun intended. And all that being said, my favorite statement was by Paul Maurice last night at his press conference when he was being asked about, you know, what was going on. And, and did they did he think they lost because of, of their style of play or anything else? And his, his answer was, you know, we're not a sauce team. We're a bunch of grinders. You know, we get out there, we fight for it. it. Basically, not a sauce team. They're not a finesse team. They may have a they may have a couple of finesse guys. I mean, can Reinhardt be a finesse guy? I think so. Uh, Verhage has the ability, but for the most part, he's right. That team is a grinding team, and and I love yeah. that he actually came out and he wasn't snippy with the press. He wasn't grumbly with them. You know, he didn't have that he actually just sat there and answered questions and he was good about it. and it was weird seeing him do that cuz he's usually kind of a uh, gruff but he actually sat down and he answered questions and and i think that the i think that they're that both teams are rough and tumble but i think that vegas Will stay out of the box, and I think that that's going to be. I think that power play is going to take more prevalent role than some might expect. Aren't you that optimistic? Said, that being said, like it, it will, will Cassidy, <laughs> will Cassidy make a mess in his pants again, and and. I mean, are we blaming him for nineteen or are we blaming Rask for nineteen? <laughs> or both. I'll give nineteen you that option.
0: Rask. <laughs> 2019. Rask didn't do anything to win the series, and I'm speaking specifically of the series against the Blues. Yeah. Cassidy did things that caused the team to lose. More than once. And I don't know if he's actually learned any lessons in in, in the intervening time. Fair enough. Uh, where do we want to go
1: next? Topics, topics, topics. Uh... Speaking is speaking. Well, well, no. Nice little segue here. Speaking of uh, of, of the Florida Panthers and, uh, you know, and and apparently Matthew Kachuk appeared in People magazine.
0: Matthew Kachuk in People magazine. Now, I think the last time uh, I was reading People, I read actually read People magazine. Was probably sometime uh, in my early teens, sitting in a doctor's office while my mother was in with the doctor. Why? Because it's just not for me. But a lot of people do read it. Uh, If you look at people's Twitter account, they have 7.7 million
1: followers. But do a lot of hockey fans read People magazine?
0: That's, see, that's the thing. Um, among others who follow them are our very own PK Suvan. <laughs> okay. Um, Dennis Leary, who's kind of a hockey fan, Zach Boychuk, Jackie Redmond, um, and there's a couple of others who we know. I mean, there's a couple of other people. There's a a celebrity from Mass, uh, Joiner Lucas. He follows them. Um, There's uh, Michael Spinner, who I know, who's a Ranger who follows like uh, the New York teams. Um, A lot of people who are lapsed hockey fans may well make time to read people, whether it's the physical magazine or their website. Um, so they're not fact,
1: voting him like sexiest man alive or something. This is – they they're actually talking hockey here.
0: Yeah, they're oh, okay. actually talking hockey. When was the last time anything like this happened? This is why I find it interesting because I don't remember. There are guys who have been through, through everything. There are a couple of guys who have dated you know, celebrities. Um, it's,
1: it's interesting. They call him the league's most cl- – most clutch and one of the most popular players most clutch wow he's he's gotten
0: it done i mean i think it's an overstatement but you know what their job is to sell the (laughs) advertising in their in their magazine and on their website
1: yeah but it's his it's his job to sell the nhl though uh, yes. aside from just playing the game it's his job to sell the nhl
0: yes and he's doing a great job of it i mean we I saw that very we saw that very first press conference where he landed in florida and it was a absolute tour de force
1: true not disagreeing with that
0: the other night he was also on um the t- on the uh, tnt basketball playoff um, broadcast talking with, you know, Shaq and uh, Sir Charles and the rest. He's, (laughs) you know, as much as I I like him, he's not the most, this is organic growth. This is something you can't pay for because this isn't Sidney Crosby who the league was shoving down everyone's throats two years before he made the league or Alex Ovechkin, who for what it's worth, you know, he's an exciting player to watch. But this is Matthew Kachuk. He's not the highest paid player in the league. He's not He's not in the middle of like a, a multiple Stanley Cup final wins. He hasn't got a bunch of awards. He's just a guy who goes out there, works his butt off to make sure his team wins. And I absolutely love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. This is so good for the game.
1: Considering the, the, the vehicle that, that, that this is being done in, I mean, people magazine. Yeah. I don't, nobody, nobody I know. And me myself, I don't pick up people to read sports stories. No, it's, It's just not done. Barkley recently called Matthew the greatest Kachuk, telling the young star he's even better than his dad. Kachuk would dispute Barkley's take during when he sat alongside him and Shaquille O'Neal for an interview. I don't consider myself that at all chuckling about comment, Barkley's comments. I think all of our family cares about, all our family cares about is winning the series and what all comes with that. And he paused and quipped, and then we'll deal with that at a different time, <laughs> whether he's the best Kachuk or not. I think Brady may have something to say at some point. <laughs> Brady's, Brady, Brady himself is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a is a talent, so unfortunately, Matthew yeah.
0: Finished with 109 points this year, good for being tied for sixth with Jason Robertson. Mm-hmm. It, possibly the quietest 40 goal campaign in league history. Had 123 penalty minutes, six game winning goals.
1: Um, he gets it though. And that's the thing, right? This is the quote right here. And this is how I know Matthew gets it. I think what some people have taken a liking to is the fact I'm just me being genuine. People understand that and enjoy that about me. And it makes me feel good that people enjoy me being me. So I'll just keep being myself.
0: A lot of guys see stuff like
1: that. A
0: lot of guys say stuff like that. But I think... he means it.
1: Yes, he get. That's Like this is this is
0: the same dude that you would see if you were you know one of his three or four best friends and you're all out on a boat fishing in the uh fishing in the middle of the summer, like the guy you see on TV, same guy in the boat, same guy on the plane flying from city to city with the with the rest of the squad. And this is. Like this is something the league should get behind. Like, literally jump up and down for joy and get every other venue partner and whatever to start grabbing those other guys who are fun to talk to, who are engaging, and who will grab a hold of a demographic. It doesn't matter like
1: it's just such an it's just such an un uncharacteristic avenue for something like this to take place. I mean, I would expect a story like this in a sports illustrated or in in, in a long time
0: um, ago the, the hockey
1: news or the hockey or, news yeah. or the the national was a newspaper back in the day and if I'm if if, if anybody listening knows what I'm talking about then yeah, you're old like me so but I mean the national I read it all I read it every day Frank deford uh, was one of the was one of the the creators of it. Uh, fabulous information. It was kind of like the athletic only in print. They had all the best writers uh, that's where I would expect something like this to find out that this happened in People magazine was just like, huh <laughs> really people. <laughs>
0: And, I you can't help but love it. I mean, this I mean, this was a this was something you mentioned early in the early in the Stanley Cup final, or maybe it was one of the preview shows. But this is only going to be the sixth time where you were guaranteed a first time Stanley Cup champion. A hundred plus years of the league, and this is only the sixth time where neither franchise had. A won the cup before.
1: This has to be... That's historic.
0: This might actually be the best uh, playoff season for the NHL since the end of the lockout of the lost season in 05. In that time, we've had Pittsburgh win a decent number of the Cups. I think they've won three or four. You had Chicago win three. Yep. You had L.A. win two or three. L.A. won two. L.A. won two. You had Boston win one. Um,
1: In fact, there was that six-year span where they only had three Cup winners.
0: And, yes, a lot. I mean, when you talk about Boston and L.A. and Chicago winning – you ended a lot of big, long droughts in important cities for the league. Yep. But this is going to be an occurrence where a where a post-expansion market, whether it's Vegas in its sixth year or Florida in its 26th year, brings a cup to town for the first time. If it's Vegas, the parties out there are going to be epic. Oh yeah, like they're, <laughs> oh, they're going to yeah, be epic because the former teammates of players are going to be flying into town just to just to party.
1: Apparently, there are some interesting prizes awaiting the the Vegas Golden Knights players should they win the Stanley Cup um, of the more adult variety, so to speak. I'm sure there are because certain businesses out there have offered services free of charge. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm willing, I'm willing to believe that, that, um, no need to go into those on the show, but no, nope, I was trying to
1: find a nice way of putting it, but,
0: <laughs> but, you know, sunrise is just outside Miami. And, uh, we, no one in the world needed that Will Smith song to know that Miami is a city where you can go and enjoy, enjoy yourself uh, to excess if you choose.
1: Yeah, Miami. From what I understand, I've never been to Miami. I've been to Florida. I've never been to Miami. From what I understand, they know how to party down there as well. So I don't know if they can put it on the on the scale that Vegas can.
0: <sighs> I don't know. You got natural beaches and. Uh, You got uh, great music, you've got that, you've got miles and miles of oceanfront, and probably even more hotels than in Vegas. Uh,
1: I don't know about that one.
0: uh, Miami, I mean, Miami is a year-round tourist spot, too. Bigger population, and quite frankly, more people go lay in the sun and swim than gamble.
1: That I'll give you. Most of the people going to Vegas are spending their full time indoors, unfortunately. No no vitamin D being collected there.
0: (laughs) And let's and and, I mean, you have to you have to you have to look at the fact that, you know, Miami has had their sports teams for decades versus, you know, the uh, the night that's not ending there in the last half decade.
1: That's not even fair to that's not even fair to compare sports stayed away from Vegas for other reasons
0: i I understand that, but it does contribute to the amount of hotels and the amount of people who have made it a habit of going there for a before that particular reason okay Miami has also had a i mean both both cities have been growing tech hubs for the last a few years, but uh, I think it was 2020 or 2021. Um, the Miami area had a enormous percentage of fresh startups. Uh, I, this is this is great. I love I love this for the league. Like I literally love this for the league. Mm-hmm. While I have a preference and I've made a prediction. Um, I think this is great for the league. Either way,
1: I, ultimately, ultimately they're the big winners. Whether it's whether it's Vegas or Florida, ultimately the NHL is the big winner here. Um,
0: um, I think I don't think that fans lose. Like I don't think that Boston fans lose right. by one of these two teams winning, because this means we're gonna see Vegas-born players. Or and, and Nevada-born players coming to the NHL uh, in the next two generations.
1: And that's the other big difference is that even though Miami and/or Vegas, you know, either one is going to be a first-time Stanley Cup winner. There have been championships in Miami. The Miami Heat, the basketball team, has won championships. Vegas this is going to be their first championship of any kind. as far as I know. I, 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 I don't recall any other sports teams in Vegas unless they're AHL affiliate or
0: no there were but, there were a couple there was an e, ECHL team there.
1: ECHL that's it yeah.
0: But <laughs> is, in terms of like the big four at the top, no.
1: Yeah. so I think that I think that might trump. The whole Miami knows how to i i think that this being vegas's first major championship is really going to explode that town if you're right, yes, if they win and like you said like is like you said like i'm i'm it doesn't matter which franchise it is which organization it is because NHL overall is the big winner, the fan base. The only thing I don't like is that it's not going to do anything to the salary cap because apparently it's not growing as big as we were all expecting. Um, I think, I think um, our lovely commish has come out and said that it's only going to be growing by like a million dollars.
0: Well, that was the original number we heard anyways. Like there was speculation. But
1: But they're sticking to it. Apparently.
0: There was speculation later that it would get, you know, three or four million. But, like...
1: It would have been great.
0: Three or four million would have been uh, done a lot to make a lot of general managers sleep easier over the next couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> like the one here in Boston.
0: <laughs> but I, I never really counted on that number. I mean, okay. it would have taken... It would have taken all of the big cities making it, like... Boston and New York would have had to been like the East final two um, or Toronto uh, and one of those two. And in the West, it would have had to have been L.A. and whatever the biggest next biggest city is um, or the next biggest fan base, because I mean, the revenue, the ad revenue is the big is one of the big deciders And none of the Western teams are really that that entrenched in the markets.
1: No, I mean, obviously Seattle being in their second season, I think you're going to see their fan base grow significantly, though, after what they've done this year. Oh, that's that's – You're going to see a lot more Seattle – A lot more Seattle sweaters roaming around the streets.
0: Um, And I do – that's one of the interesting things I love about living here uh, in the New England area is even though it's very much a stronghold for the local teams. True. You still see jerseys from everywhere. You really do. I've seen Seattle Seahawks, jerseys. I've seen – Raiders jerseys, uh, Chicago, New York, you obviously see whoever's most pop or whoever's winning the most in the NBA. Um, But you you do see jerseys with all the colleges in town, with all the businesses in town. Um, You see, you see stuff from everywhere. Uh, And it's, it's fun. I mean, as a local fan, I'd rather see them wearing the local Jersey. But hey, uh, if they're enjoying themselves, and I, I'm not going to tell them they can't.
1: No, and I, and to be honest, I think that the, I think that hockey fans here are are more educated. You know, yes, they're Boston Bruins fans, but you say you see other sweaters. I think that it's because of the the working knowledge of, of of hockey you know it just hockey is ingrained here um, and it, it's just a so if I see other jerseys at an NH at a Boston Bruins game, I'm not surprised by it you know it it's
0: what it I low. love honestly what I love seeing it at, at Bruins games is uh, when we run into people who are wearing the junior jersey or college jersey of a player or yes. they're European. That that just juices me up every time. I freely admit it. I <laughs> geek out over
1: that. So if you saw somebody wore, wearing a Boston University Grizzly jersey you would get all excited? Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, I might not care as much if it was a Owen Power Michigan jersey, but then again who would?
1: Uh, Let's see. Owen Power, Buffalo fans, um, Michigan fans, <laughs> maybe me. Really? I'd be more excited if I saw JT Comfer Michigan jersey, huh? Or Kyle Connor, or Tyler Mott. Yeah, they were the best college line ever. Do we have time to talk about this unraveling, or are we going to move that to next week?
0: I think we'll take uh, just ten minutes because, honestly, I think the article is more hilarious than informative.
1: <laughs> well, if you were entertained by the way I was reading it at the beginning in the pre-game in the pre-show, um, um, in
0: the yeah. Athletic, there is as I as I mentioned at the opening of the show, this marvelous bit of hagiography. Um, for the fall uh, – the decline and fall of the Pittsburgh Penguins, it really genuinely feels like someone has been reading some of the most dramatic World War II oh, this is- uh, li- uh, headlines and diaries and memoirs about the war.
1: This is Greek tragedy stuff. Come on now.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> it's clearly the off season when you have this much time to write so little substance into
1: so many words. It is a lot of words. I will say that. It is a lot of words. And the fact that Axtol, in the article it actually says, and that's why I used this phrase earlier. Hextall apparently told Agent J.P. Barry that an offer for uh, Malkin was take it or leave it. I'm thinking, no, he didn't. Nope. Because I don't think J.P. Barry is going to take that too well.
0: J.P. Barry, I never met the man, but uh, I can pretty much say he probably either – Laughed or threw something across the room if he was told if he actually heard that.
1: Uh, and then I started and picturing what Alan Walsh would do.
0: Probably post a picture of someone with a sword through their back. <laughs>
1: Would it be would it be Malkin with a sword going through his back that was being shoved there by Ron Hextall or somebody else in the Pittsburgh organization? <laughs> and it would say Penguins on it. And <laughs> oh
0: no, he he would probably just go for uh, naming the general manager. I mean. <laughs>
1: This uh, this article, I mean, I, I after reading the whole thing, and yeah, it, it, it talks about how they signed Latang to a contract, but yet somehow they didn't offer Malkin a contract, and he was getting nervous and and uh, then belly aching that they didn't think he was a good player. Yeah and then you know you got Sullivan coming to his rescue he's got uh, the new Fenway Sports Group who had just bought the team at the time coming to his coming to his, his defense and even though Ron Hextall and, and Brian Burke wanted to and and I can see it in Burke uh, as far as breaking up the team I can see Burke wanting to do that I don't see Hextall having the fortitude to want to do something like that. You know, and that's why Rutherford, or at least it's rumored. That's why Rutherford left the team was, he wanted to trade Letang and and Mario and ownership said, ah, uh-uh, no, you're not trading them. And then the next year was when at the, at the end of that year was when Fenway sports group and, and, and Letang got the new contract and everything else. And Hextall comes into play. And I just, I, I read it and it does read like it's not fiction, but when you read it, it reads like a really fictitious tragedy. Uh, The, 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 it's the word I'm looking for when you're, you know, the cadence, the,
0: Oh, the drama, the delivery. It's, it's, it literally,
1: it's kind of like dripping off the, it is operatic. Yes, that's a good word, operatic. I like that.
0: Um, I just, I, I sat here reading the article and I'm like, you've got to be joking.
1: And is that the real reason why the? And I mean, first of all, the team is falling apart because you've spent so much time trying to keep these three guys together that you've lost sight of what else you need to win because with these three guys, you kept getting into the playoffs this year is the first time, you know, that, that. and dramatically it says that in the article that, you know, the Islanders with a win over the Canadians, you know, ended their, their playoff streak. What ended their playoff streak was that they weren't good.
0: You have three old, often injured guys. They're, they're not they're not the guys they were ten years ago.
1: The That's Islanders just a fact. The Islanders didn't didn't close out your playoff didn't close out your playoff streak. They did because they beat Canadians and secured themselves a playoff spot. But they're not the reason you're not there. The reason you're not there is you don't have good defense. You don't. You really have good goaltending. Uh, Jari was not. Healthy and I mean when he was he was good but he was in and up you know DeSmith good backup is he a number one? Eh? Yes, not on a cup Jay, winner, not on a cup contender, have, not
0: without, not without a greater balance of power in front
1: of the crease. Yes, and you let one of your good young prospects in John Marino, not prospects but good young players in John Marino probably your best or second-best D-man, definitely top pairing on that team. Uh, You let him go to New Jersey, was it? Uh, uh, Yeah. Why? So, So obviously so that you could keep guys
0: who are going to be 37. So you could keep Jeff Carter. 37 and 36 before the end of next season with two of those guys hitting their birthdays before the start of the new season. Crosby's the youngest of the three, but he is. Potang will be 37 next April. Um, um and Malkin will be 37 July 31st. Managed to get into all 82 this year, amazing. He only played 41 games last year. He played 33 games the year before, 55 the year before that, 68 before that. Well, 60, uh, 60 68,
1: was, 68 was um, COVID year, and they only played last about 68 or 69. Malcom,
0: the last time Malkin played two complete seasons in a row, all 82 games, was the only time, and that was the 7 08, and 8 09 seasons. For Chris Lentang? No. One 82-game season, most of the rest in the 60s. He's got two – he's got a – let's see, the 12-13 season, and the, the 13-14 was the lockout-shortened one, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yes, and then you got – Okay,
0: so he played 37 of those 48 games, but 35 uh, in the 12-13 season, mm-hmm. 51 in the 10-11 season. Or, I'm sorry in the 11 12 season hey
1: yeah.
0: yeah. okay. Tang was drafted in 2005. He's played a thousand games. that's a that's a great accomplishment. it really is.
1: He made it to a thousand that that's good. I,
0: but if you look at that draft, And the game's played for some of the guys, many of the guys ahead of him. Mark Stahl, who's never soared to the heights that he has.
1: By the way, he's uh, in the final.
0: Has has played 96 more games. (laughs) Jack Johnson, 97 more games. Keith Yandel, who's not even playing anymore. He was an Iron Man, though. Has played more games. Yeah. Paul Stasny, more games even yep. sidney crosby who's had his own injury history more games andrew cogliano well over another 100 I, more
1: games another iron man
0: mark edward blassik oh goodness yeah he's played 200 plus more games and <laughs> anze kopotar so. who who has been the dude out in LA, la oh yeah has played almost 300 more games you're not healthy
1: like Well he did have that stroke.
0: Two strokes. He's had two strokes. They were seven years apart. The most recent one, uh he returned um and then his father passed like two weeks later. Yeah, that was rough.
1: I don't wish uh, that it's on
0: awful. Um uh, both of us have been there. Um yeah. That's true. But, you know, that's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles on the body. I mean, and those are just regular season games. We're not even talking about what these guys have done in the playoffs. I mean, Latang missed an entire cup run because he was injured, but he still got 149 playoff games uh, to his credit. That's effectively two seasons. Um, Evgeny Malkin. 177 playoff games on top of seasons, 1063 um, regular season games.
1: Like I said, the reason that this team collapsed, the reason that they didn't make the playoffs is not because Hextall had issues, you know, the team's not falling apart because Hextall had issues with Malkin, not because he said, the reason this team is falling, the reason this team is falling apart, is because they haven't addressed anything else but these guys.
0: They haven't had goaltending. You, they haven't had a strong goaltending tandem in forever. They haven't had a useful defense in forever. Like they've had one or two guys. They basically had Toronto's defense with Chris Letang.
1: <laughs> well, you had Olimata, but he he was a. Uh... Yeah, he was they had like more often than these three. And he's been healthy over the last few years, though. And now, and well,
0: yes, and, and I mean, part of it, part, part of Pormada's time missed time was that he had that cancer he, diagnosis, which is going to affect everyone or anyone.
1: Yeah, but yeah, you had all you had Mata. So, you, I mean, they've had decent defensive talent. They the have done. Go you know, through their system and. Go right out. The problem is that they haven't had it long. The only guy that they've had around long term that I can honestly say is, you know, a a top defensive guy would be Brian Dumoulin. They somehow managed to hang on to him.
0: He's got to be a Crosby guy. Like, and the disingenuous horse mucky of this article with them claiming them quoting crosby as saying oh i never wanted to be gm yeah (laughs) and then jumping up and saying that's not how we do things in pittsburgh after a player is traded sorry this is crosby is still the guy who didn't go to road games in the ohl because he was mad about the he was mad at the league He, doesn't want he to might not sure. want to be general manager, but maybe he just wants to be president of hockey operations.
1: That's true. He didn't say anything about other roles. He just said, I never wanted to be GM. I think they know. I think they know how I feel. That's the other part of that quote. I never wanted to be GM. I think they know how I feel. Because he was asked about. Would he pressure ownership to sign Malkin and Latang? And his answer was, I think they know. I never wanted to be GM. I think they know how I feel. So you don't want to be GM, but you're Keep saying that you already have had influence over what they're going to do. Which kind of flies in the face of the first half of your statement. He <laughs> you might as
0: well have started off with with all due respect.
1: <laughs> no offense no offense but <laughs> yeah that one too I never wanted to be jammed. I think they know how I feel yeah because that doesn't completely negate everything you said before it mm. ownership didn't need to read between the lines they they issued Hexdoll a directive that differed from what he saw as his original plan Resign Malkin and Latang.
0: Oh yes, and go and read the article, folks. Tell us about the quality of your laughter. Um, you can find both of us on Twitter. Uh, but before we go, I saw a gag-inducing report from Sportsnet. Oh geez. Uh, supposedly, and I've seen other, I've seen him reports of him going elsewhere, but supposedly Babcock. Yes, Mike Babcock to the Columbus no. Blue Jackets is a thing. Isn't he coaching in like college in Canada or something? He's actually, I believe, he's actually coaching
1: in Saskatchewan uh, in or the something.
0: Memorial Cup right now.
1: I thought he was at like Saskatchewan coaching a, coaching a college. That's that was he, that's what last he did. After, I heard, but yeah, after stories he was, keep my uh, keep. Uh, Mutating every couple of hours. Oh, that's wonderful. It's time. I mean, Blue Jackets intend to name Mike Babcock as their new head coach once his contract with the Maple Leafs expires at the end of this month. What do you mean his contract? Mike Babcock
0: had a long contract when he was bought out by the... um
1: Yes, but if he was bought out, then...
0: They still, re- well, they they removed him from hockey. They removed him his his coaching duties, but he still holds a contract. They're still paying him.
1: They're still paying, <laughs> and we wonder why Toronto can't get out of their own way. Um. <laughs> it doesn't even say he spent python.
0: Uh, if you look in there there's also like two other teams that he's named as going to. So I'm not I'm not uh, I am no, not firmly i can i am not currently buying into any of this.
1: Baffled I think is the word um, on February 20th, 2021, the University of, Sask- of Saskatchewan announced that Babcock would become the coach of the men's hockey team for two seasons, starting in May 2021. Oh, I missed this part of it. However, he resigned on August 25th, 2022, and then announced his retirement the following day. So he's no longer coaching at the University of Saskatchewan. I missed that part. and that's why he's free to um <clears throat> go to com- go to Columbus because um, he was he was he was fired in November 20th 2019 after a six game losing streak
0: I and wonder that- if he did the same thing to a player in that locker room as he did to Mitch Marner <sighs>
1: he was terrible to mitch as far as i as as far as i read and and what how i understand the situation that he was not good to mitch no but back in the he could be back in the nhl
0: like i, I can't root for a team that has him as a coach i just can't
1: glad he's not glad he's not with the red wings anymore Is there any, anybody else that we need to land-based here besides Mike Babcock? Is there No, nope, that, that would do
0: it. Um, let's uh, say, well, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, hockey fans everywhere, this is where we leave you. Wait, you I have one thing to Pux say. Hitch.
1: I have one thing to say, and you can find me at the off-wing, but I have one thing to say. Congratulations to my my – partner in crime here as he welcomes a new member of the two man four check family yes he has added a puppy his name is cisco congratulations bud
0: oh i will tweet out a picture of the boy uh of the boy pup uh later today or maybe early in the week he's uh he's a handful You may or may not have heard him in the background
1: during the show.
0: (laughs) Take care, folks. We'll be back next week and all summer long.